Welcome to Worth in Progress. I'm Maria Grandi, personal power speaker and coach, and I'll be helping you get through the very real and raw process of personal development. Self-awareness is not always pleasant, so it's my intention to teach you to recognize your triggers, give you tools to guide you, and I'll share my personal stories of my own journey to find self-worth. Thank you so much for being here, and I always welcome your input. Welcome to Episode 4 of Worth in Progress, Dealing with Communication Issues or my favorite term, communifreakingcation. In this episode, we're going to talk about conflict and emotional intelligence. And I'm also going to give you three ways to stop your emotional reactions. A few people asked me what personality styles have to do with finding your worth. And that's a really good question. Our tendencies in communication affect us throughout our lives, and we start to see where we fit into this world. And sometimes who we feel we are as children and where we feel we fit into the world has everything to do with what we value in ourselves as adults. And of course, that plays heavily into communication. When we talked about disc personality styles, the styles are evident as a child. You're just not really paying attention, so you don't understand it. But you can see, even if you have, you know, two children, they're probably not exactly the same. That is communication style, I'm, I'm sorry, behavioral style showing itself. It's just that we don't know what we're looking for. And as parents, we tend to unknowingly shame our children for not being like us. So if we're very outgoing, we want our children to be outgoing. We don't understand why they can't just go talk to everyone. There's a lot of different ways that we can hurt our children without knowing. And we were hurt as kids. So if you were a dominant style and you maybe took the lead like with your friends uh, maybe you you were kind of bossy even that may you may have been shamed for that because you were told you were too bossy and to stop thinking you were the boss so your natural style was kind of shamed if you are an interactive child you talk a lot and you had friends everywhere and you may have been told that you have too much energy so that shamed your natural style a steady style may have been quiet but you know, friendly once they got to know people, but they may have been told that they were too shy. A compliance style child is usually, you know, they have a few friends that they're comfortable with, and they also like to be alone sometimes. They may have been shamed or called introverted and uh, get out and go make friends. So you see, all of these things told us sort of where we fit into this world, and we're just playing that same old record over and over again not understanding that we can move outside of that. This is all forms of shaming. We start to believe that there are aspects of ourselves that are unlikable, and we feel wrong for doing what comes natural to us. Many things contribute to the way we communicate, okay? So I could go really deep here, maybe I will in another episode, but right now I want to make it about life occurrences and your triggers. I want to make sure you understand it in real life, so if you listen to episode one, you understand energy, and hopefully you started looking at your own and where you waste it. Communication is a huge energy waster, if you let it. I talked before about internalizers and externalizers. Obviously, an internalizer is going to hold things in. They don't really communicate well when it comes to speaking their minds or speaking up for themselves. Externalizers are usually not using a filter and they just say whatever it is they feel, sometimes using their energy after uh, to because they regret what they said. If an internalizer were going to speak up or defend themselves, it takes a lot of their energy. 
just like the externalizer uses a lot of energy to apologize after or in the moment because they get so heated. An internalizer will lose sleep for days thinking of what to say. And that, of course, is an energy waster. So why does it go back to energy? If you don't properly protect your energy, you're going to waste it on ineffective communication, period. So all this points back to one direction, and that's you, your self-care, your self-worth. My father was a yeller. We were actually very afraid of him, or at least I can speak for myself here and say I was very afraid of him. Uh, It was not really safe to have an opinion or a voice in my house. I learned my voice didn't matter, and I was afraid of any kind of authority. In Catholic school, I was petrified to speak up. Nuns, priests, teachers, I only spoke when spoken to. I didn't ask questions, which is why I didn't do as well as I could have. And I sailed through all of school this way, high school too. I was afraid to speak, and it carried over into my job. It carried over into my life. The only place it didn't carry over into were two areas. I would speak up in my household because there was no way I wasn't going to have a voice there. That's conditioning. And two, if somebody were getting improperly treated, you can guarantee that I was speaking up. I was not going to let anyone be improperly treated. When I tell people this now, they're surprised. <laughs> my biggest fear was speaking in front of people. I can still allow myself to, to get freaked out when I have to go on a stage or even in a training, but I just, I just don't. I don't allow those fears to creep in. I told myself I didn't belong. Who would listen to me? I'm not going to let that now, that happen now. Fear can ruin your life if you let it. I learned something really big from my, my own personal coach, and that is fear and faith can't live in the same place. So I look at it as a choice. I have great faith, so fear has no home here anymore. So you have fear of social rejection. If you say something, someone's going to be mad at you. You have fear of being uncomfortable. You're not comfortable with talking that way to someone. You have a fear of being wrong or criticized. That, that person may turn around, uh, turn everything around on you, or you may say it wrong. Then you have a fear of being unsuccessful. Why bother saying it? They don't listen anyway, or it won't work. It won't matter. Everyone has a different fear. My biggest fear was social rejection. Afraid of what everyone thought, who was going to hate me, judge me. So I became a people pleaser. I gave all of me to everyone all the time, and I suffered. I remember an ex-boyfriend telling me I was selfless and that that was bad. I thought, how in the world could that be bad? This was a long time ago, by the way. (laughs) But he was right. I gave everything I had, and I had nothing left for me. You can't pour from an empty cup. It took me a very long time to learn that lesson, but I'm proud to say that it is no longer fear that stops me from communicating. Another thing that we need to learn during self-awareness and your personal growth journey is emotional intelligence. Most people think emotional intelligence is the ability to read the emotions of other people. But more importantly, it's the ability to read your own, to know when you're giving yours away, your energy away, and you're not going to have anything for your own needs. Knowing your triggers, what sets you off, it's about being proactive instead of reactive. It saves a lot of regrets and apologies when you can catch the emotional reaction before it hits your lips. Or even body language. Emotional reactions can just be eye rolls or sighs. It doesn't have to be words. 
I was an extreme emotional reactor, mostly because of giving away my energy on useless matters, but also because I internalized emotions. And then when the volcano erupted, everyone's getting burned. Passive aggressive communication is what most of us do, but we are in denial about it until we realize it doesn't serve us. And some people just never realize that, but you cannot fix them. That's why people say go within. You have to focus on yourself and what you can control. I was my problem, but I didn't know how to fix it. And I didn't understand that I was also the solution. The whole go within. In the beginning, it can just mean check yourself. Be bold enough to call yourself out on your own shit. That is change. It's saying, okay, I apologize because I misbehaved or reacted the wrong way or something like that. It's not about saying, uh, I'll never do that again, because you will. But it's about owning it. And when you can do that, you're moving forward. I was a master at turning the tables. And I don't mean DJing. I could get feedback that stung me. And I would whip that person right back with feedback. Weak people blame people, right? They have to turn those tables. Sometimes I would e- it wouldn't even make sense what I would say. But you bet your life it came out of my mouth faster than a speeding bullet. My husband would say something like, maybe you were a little tough on Nick, don't you think? And I would whip out something that he did wrong from like way back. Remember that time when you let him fall and bust open his knee? (laughs) Something that absolutely made no sense whatsoever. But hurt people hurt people, right? So the feedback hurt me. So I had to whip it back around. And that's what that's what people do. You got to catch yourself doing that, then you're on the right path. Catching the emotional reaction is hard, but I do remember the first time I caught mine. And I tell this story in every single one of my trainings because it was a very pivotal moment in my movement, (laughs) what I call my movement. Uh, It's my coffee story. I had to go to work one day, and my husband got up, and he went to the store to get me coffee, and he brings it back. And you know how when you don't have emotional intelligence, you're running crazy. I probably had like four different outfits on that day. And I probably was, you know, bitching about whatever, just because I was probably running late. And he brings me back coffee. Well, you know, when you go buy coffee, you have that white flat lid that has that little thing that flips up and it can close. And then you have the black lid, which is a higher lid, and it has a little hole in it for you to drink out of. Well, my husband, who is a very logical person, likes the white lid, and that's because it can stay hot, it can close so it doesn't spill in the car, those kind of reasons. And I am, I just know I like the black lid. (laughs) So he comes home without (laughs) the, the black lid, and I'm leaving, and I go to get in the car, say goodbye, you know, and as I'm driving, everyone in front of me is an idiot because I'm late, and I go to drink the coffee, and it spills on my white shirt. Now, whose fault's that going to be? <laughs> of course it's going to be his fault. Because when people lack emotional intelligence, they need to blame people. So what did I need to do? Do, 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 do. I need to call him. I need to tell him. Because my, my unreasonable self wanted to let him know that because he did something so nice for me, he ruined my day. And I think he did it on purpose. Because uh, he knows I like that black lid, and he got me the white lid. So that is how unreasonable we can be. Irrational behavior. And that's when you get caught up in the moment. You cannot, you cannot fix that unless you are self-aware. 
So I'm dialing the phone, getting ready to tell him off, and it hits me. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, you can't do this. And I caught it. So when he answered the phone, I said, thank you so much for the coffee, honey. Have a great day. I love you. I didn't mean a word of it. I was still pissed, but I knew the right thing to do. And that's what happens. That's where it starts. You know the right thing to do. You do it. And then eventually, it's called faking it till you make it. And eventually, it happens. Eventually, you know that that is the right thing and you do it. You start small. It's very, very little shifts that are going to make the biggest difference. And once you start practicing them, you're going to see huge changes in your life. They really do amount to bigger changes than you think. I'm going to give you some things that you can do to bring yourself back from these reactions, like when you're right in that space, what you can do right then and there. So number one, and you're not going to really love this one, but it's breathe. In the moment when you know you're going to be reactive, it's your responsibility to recognize that you're in fight or flight response and step back and breathe. Take a second to think, okay, my my breathing is very shallow. It's in my chest only because I'm thinking about what I have to do next or say next or feel next. And you have to be very responsive here and say, take a nice deep breath and then think what you're going to say before you say it. It's a hard thing to do because we're so conditioned to be reactive. And most people don't know that breathing into your belly is the right way. Diaphragmic breathing is the right way to breathe. 80% of our day is spent in fight or flight breathing. So it's hard to pull yourself out of that. Think about when you're scared, when you're stressed out, all of that. Even when you're thinking stressful thoughts, you're in fight or flight breathing. If you're able to pull yourself out of that, then you can, you can step back a little bit before, you, before that emotional reaction hits your mouth. It softens you. It centers you. And we'll talk about centering another time, but centering is just kind of uh, pulling yourself back to center. It's allowing everything that's going on around you to happen while you collect yourself. If we don't recognize that fight or flight response, we're going to react poorly. And here's something that most people don't know. If you're breathing properly, it's impossible to be angry. Most people don't believe that when I tell them, but when you bring yourself back to your breath, back back to breathing properly, the anger dissipates. Directing yourself to breathe properly is a choice, just like holding on to anger is a choice. Number two, don't take it personally. (laughs) Just because it feels personal, doesn't mean you have to react to it. Most of the time when people need to make a sarcastic comment or a judgment, it's about them, not you. You've heard that before. So maybe now's the time to listen to it. You've also been the person making a sarcastic comment because of something that was going on inside of you. So recognize the hypocrisy as well. Why are you going to give your power, your energy to someone else's issues? Then you hold the anger and the grudge. Buddha says holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Think about that. You're only spiting yourself. You literally steal your own peace. I've had so many stupid things said to me, and I've just gotten to the point where I laugh, like literally laugh, because I learned my worth. I may not be happy with 
every aspect of myself, but I'll be damned if you're going to bring me down. I'm hard enough on myself. I sure as hell don't need to please anyone anymore. I'm learning to love me right where I am in this moment, not when I lose weight, not when I have more money, not when I can buy material things right now. And that means someone's going to have to work extra hard to get my joy. My Mariah may surface for a minute. That's my inner bitch. My Mariah is my inner bitch if you haven't listened to any previous episodes. But her appearance is going to be brief because then I check myself. Are you worth my energy, my peace? The answer's almost always no. When someone's rude, it's about them. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself a clever story if you have to. Maybe something big is happening to them. Let it go. I even take it a step further now, and I'm extra nice to them. I don't expect you to do that right away because that is something that your ego is going to want you to kind of put them in their place in the moment. And you know, as well as I do, that sarcasm is going to change your tone, right? So even you could say, you have a great day now. Bless your heart. That is not going to be effective either. And we're tempted to do that. You know we get like that. But you have to resist. This is the emotional reaction that's going to not serve you. And number three is response. So think about your response and your wording of your response. The way you word your response and your feedback is critical. Even in relationships, we tend to make someone feel wrong for the things that they do. And we're usually in denial about it. Think of this. You believe there's a right way to make the bed. And you see your spouse or child going about it all wrong. What do you say in that moment? Because what you say will affect many things. (laughs) And yet the only thing we're usually worried about is being right. So we say something like... What the hell are you doing it like that for? Or who taught you how to make a bed? Or what on earth are you doing? And what message does the person get? We shoot them up with that sarcasm. And what do they hear? They hear that they're wrong. And how likely is this person going to want to be to do anything your way when you just made them feel like an idiot? This will be the reason people stopped helping you. They get criticized. I know some of you are relating to that. Most people start feedback off with, you need to, or you always, you never. And of course, it's not accepted well. I'm I'm sure you've heard this before, but I statements work better in this case. And you tell them what's in it for them if they did it differently. So it would sound more like this. Hey, it's faster if you do it this way. Or let me show you a trick in doing it real fast. Now you're actually helping them instead of ridiculing them. So it looks more like you're trying to help instead of telling them that they're doing something wrong. We all want to believe that we're master communicators and we all want to justify the way we communicate. And I promise you that every way you communicate has something to do with your communication style. And a lot of your responses are conditioned patterns and it's really hard to unlearn them. One of my hardest lessons was personal boundaries. I would let someone take my time, space, energy, and I learned to hold on to that and honor myself more. This personal growth process can seem very slow, and you even might revert back to old patterns from time to time. But go easy on yourself because if you never stop trying, you can't fail. Catch yourself in the blame game. You're not a victim. 
You have way more power than you give yourself credit for. But you won't find that power if your focus is on everyone else but you. This is what I mean by going within. Nurture your own wounds. Unlearn harmful patterns. Stop trying the same methods that aren't working. Our defense is pointing out what's wrong in someone else or something else. Catch yourself doing this. Find something good instead in the person, in the situation. Don't treat people how you think they deserve to be treated. That's all judgment-based. Treat people how you want to be treated. The way they react is about them, not you. Keep moving forward. Your vibe is very important and it needs to stay high. Remember, your vibe attracts your tribe. And I can't even say this enough. We are all worthing through something. Please try to remember that in all your rough moments. I hope today's message resonated with you. And if it did, please leave a review. I would love to hear from you. And share it with someone else if you think it can inspire them. Also, you can follow me on social media at Maria Grandi LLC. And my website is also MariaGrandiLLC.com. Lastly, remember to go easy on yourself as you go through this process. And everyone else around you for that matter. We're all working through something.